are now tuned into Poppy Chulo Radio. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Have a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! These bells are driving Rudolph nuts! You want to see a crazy reindeer? Whoa! Merry Christmas from all of us! The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the mid-season finale of the Central City Chronicle, the unofficial The Flash internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, December 7th, 2016, and I am your host, Professor X. During tonight's broadcast, we'll recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of The Flash. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit CW series casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-host, Brittany Garcia. Hey everyone! Charles Michael Edwards. How's it going, everyone? And Jeffrey Aruz. Happy holidays, listeners. Fa la 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 Savitar. Let's <laughs> jump into our recap of Season 3, Episode 9, titled The Present, which aired on December 6, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode, but really, so little happened in this episode, why bother? We open up four years in the past at an archaeological dig led by our old friend Julian. He finds and opens a mysterious box, only to be bathed in light, cut to the present. Barry decides he needs some help understanding Savitar, so he zips over to Earth-3 to talk with Jay Garrick, who says he's heard the name before and gives some backstory. Savitar was the first human to develop super speed powers, and he tries to kill anyone who might challenge him, which is why he's after Barry. Wally and HR continue to train, and Wally is a fast, pun intended, learner. He's learned already faster than Barry was at this point of having powers. Iris uses her journalistic powers to dig up a connection between Julian and Savitar, that dig we saw in the opening. Jay and Barry race off to fight Alchemy and Savitar. While Jay keeps Savitar busy being a punching bag, Barry takes down Alchemy and not only manages to unmask Alchemy as <gasps> Julian, but to close the mysterious box, trapping Savitar. Back at Star Labs, Barry and the gang find out more of Julian's backstory and conclude Savitar's controlling him and made the initial connection by impersonating his dead sister. Did I mention Sisko has been seeing his dead brother this episode? Anyway, Savitar gets Sisko to open the box. Or with Barry and Wally, Caitlin manages to break through to Sisko, persuading him to close the box and trap Savitar again. The gang uses Julian's connection to the box to talk to Savitar, who issues some vague predictions slash threats and reveals he hates Barry because it's Barry in the future who traps Savitar in the box. Barry and Jay team up to throw the box into the Speed Force where it should be lost forever, but Barry's thrown five months into the future where he sees Savitar kill, spoiler alert, wait for it, Iris. <gasps> Jay pulls past him to ignore the future and think about the present. 
The West have their Christmas party. Joe realizes his grandmother was an alcoholic, and he gets a kiss from the lovely DA. And Wally gets the best gift ever, his own costume, even if it does mean he has to be called Kid Flash from now on. So, what was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? Charles, let's start with you. I really didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. It felt rushed, congested, and the story wasn't even that interesting when nothing actually happened. <gasps> with that gasp, let's go to Jeff. Sounds like you need a Savitar in a box. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it, and I don't really even know what that meant. But um, I, on, I am here for the DCCW holiday shows. It was all holiday, but it was still action. I loved the stuff in the past, and I loved the stuff in the present, and I loved the stuff in the future because I, I love when they play with time travel and the speed force and all that kind of stuff. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And then at the end, their little moment of uh of like holiday magic and uh christmas romance a fun episode less holiday magic a little more holiday Ooh. meta but we'll get to that Brittany, what were your thoughts <laughs> uh i'm in the middle i think that this episode was fine it was nice but it didn't feel like a mid-season finale and i think i'm big on that i don't know it's it's like I, I really want something to, to hold me until like a month later when we get back to the show. So I guess I was a little disappointed we didn't get a cliffhanger, but I think the cliffhanger, midhanger, like I don't know how to, I don't know what term it would be, but um, other than that, uh, there were a lot of things I liked in this episode. Not anything that I disliked, but just the cliffhanger thing. I would have liked something to grab me more to leave with my jaw drop, but we'll get into that more. But overall, nice episode we a lot of things we found out and i think that's what we really want in the flash we want answers and i think we got a lot of them and i think if it hadn't been the uh the christmas episode if it had just been a regular mid-season finale you know you wouldn't have had to have that resolution at the end uh and you could have ended on you know more of the cliffhanger moment in the middle yeah uh, so i think yeah it was partly that they were trying to do double duty you know, have the heartwarming Christmas episode because you can't really have a heartwarming Christmas episode ending with the death of one of your characters. Okay. Uh, at least not even on Flash this season. On Arrow, sure, why not? <laughs> Before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of The Flash, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, the Central City Chronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for The Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Okay, let's start back near the beginning. After Iris digs up Julian's link to Savitar, Barry confronts him. Julian denies any knowledge. Did you guys believe him in the moment when you were watching it? 
Let's start with you, Charles. Hater. <laughs> oh. I, I, I tried to buy what he was selling, but I was still caught up with Malfoy, still trying to get the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> but, considering this is Julian, I, I, I kind of figured that it was Savitar taking over his mind because he was he honestly had no recollection of it when he was working side by side with Barry. I think that's a little hard to act that long when you're working with someone. Um, it felt like a little, well, I already knew he was alchemy, but he didn't know he was alchemy. It kind of felt a little lazy, but for all, for all it was worth, it was pretty good. Brittany, what did you think of Julian's denials at the beginning? I was so skeptical, but because we're, we have the actor of Draco Malfoy, I think this was he was purposely cast for this, like to literally um, make us think that he's not, but he is, and oh, we can't trust him, even though the evidence is right in front of us. But I think the writers did a good job with um, with selling that because I'm gullible, I, I really am. Um, for me, I felt like. The resolution of that, of his arc as Alchemy and Savitar, was really well done. And they did a little, a mini twist that I thought was fine. Because I even thought that when we first get the reveal of Julian as uh, Dr. Alchemy, um, he seems to be resisting the call. So it was one of two things. Either he didn't know he was being controlled, or he was, he was, um, they scared, uh, Savitar scared him so much that he just had to follow his orders. So it was either the fear or not knowing. So they went with him not knowing, and I thought that was fine. And the denial was pretty good. I thought Barry could figure it out, but Barry's also very trusting until they get the hard evidence. But, I, I mean, what else can you do, right? you got to get the evidence to figure it out. So I thought it was fine. It was, um, the, he, knows what, he knows what he's doing. I think eight years of Draco Malfoy's been good. For his, has done good for his career. <laughs> so... Jeffrey, did you buy Julian's denials? I did. I think I had mentioned in a previous podcast that I felt that whenever he was uh, alchemy, in particular when we saw him, uh, you know, sort of like go to uh, the hidden suit at the end of an episode and, and uh, you know, open up the, the cabinet and there was the mask, uh, it looked as if he was like in either in a trance or possessed. So I was buying it for the moment. I was like, okay, it seems as if he is being mind controlled or something to do it. So I was sort of going with that theory and uh, it, it proved uh, to be correct, which I liked. Uh, Barry races off to consult with Jay, who is on Earth 3 in mid-fight with the Joker. I'm sorry, the Trickster, played by Mark Hamill. Ah. Um, I, I just, for me personally, I would love to see an entire episode of The Flash that is just, you know, Jay running around on Earth 3 with the armored Zeppelins in the sky, you know, fighting uh, the Trickster. What did you guys think about the scene? Uh, Brittany, let's start with you. I thought it was adorable. I love seeing what Jay Garrick is up to. I think we've grown to love him in the small time that we've had with him and his wisdom and stuff. So I thought that was a really cool thing. And I love that Barry's finally going and asking for advice because I feel like sometimes Barry doesn't want to ask for help. And I feel like he's channeling his inner Oliver when he does that so I'm glad he went over there and then that little sequence with the trickster or earth 3 trickster was really great and I'm wondering if all the villains on earth 3 are as old as Jay Garrick 
I'm <laughs> just wondering that. Um, Ageist. And I just, I'm just saying. Well, that was <laughs> in classic DC mythology. That was how they explained, you know, different versions of Superman and Batman. It was basically that, you know, Earth 1 and Earth 2. Earth 2 is sort of the same Earth, except that everything happened. 40 or 50 years earlier so you still had superman but he was like 30 or 40 years older you still had batman who was 30 or 40 years older and so that was sort of how they they retconned that away when they were trying to bring those golden age comics in uh jeffrey what do you think about the conflict with the trickster i thought it was fun and uh i agree with just the the theme of uh earth 3 i thought it was kind of awesome the zeppelins were really cool and uh seeing the trickster a, a different version of the trickster like the makeup and the teeth it was very weird but um <laughs> it was it was a lot <laughs> a lot of teeth and a lot of uh he was very i don't know he i get they gothic. were trying he looked a little gothic it was gothicy someone on the internet said something like oh they made him look like um darth vader without the mask <laughs> which i was like okay well they <laughs> they they both are not photogenically nice but um I, I thought it was a fun scene because we, we've sort of seen like Barry help people like mid fights. Like when it seems whenever Barry tries to find another superhero-y person, it's always mid fight. And so I thought it was fun that it was with the trickster out of all people. So we got the chance to see one of the villains that we've seen on Earth One, Earth Prime, and uh, now we see a different version, which I thought was kind of neat. Charles, what did you think of our brief glimpse of Earth 3? Um, I thought it was very interesting. I, I especially like that he decided to go ask another Flash for help. I'm hoping that actually becomes a trend that if, he, if it's decided for him that he can't travel in time to help, that he can at least travel between dimensions. I think that's a nice opportunity to get advice from older or maybe younger Flashes. Yeah, good point. I mean, they've established the precedent of, you know, bringing in uh, Harrison Wells, you know, from an alternate Earth. Why couldn't they find other versions of Barry or other versions of Speedsters? They could be a, a really valuable uh, source of information. Mm -hmm. So Jay comes back with Barry to provide some fatherly advice and some Speedsterly experience. They're called off to where Alchemy's conveniently going to restore all the Flashpoint metas. We break off into two fights here, Jay versus Savitar, while Barry is fighting against Alchemy. What did you guys think about the fights? Charles, I want to start with you. I really liked what one of the fights with Savitar when um, he just wrecked Jay. He slammed him against every wall in the alley. He, it's almost to the point where there needed to be a memorial for, for uh, Garrett because Savitar just obliterated him physically. And he could I don't even think that him and Barry could take him together, let alone him, Barry, and Wally. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey, what did you think? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I seriously thought this was going to be Jake Eric's death episode because that was really intense. And not to be all ageist like Brittany, but I mean, hey. he, he is a bit older. And so I'm like, 
good grief. Like, what are they putting this man through? I was like, please don't let Jay die. Please don't let Jay die. But that, <laughs> the, that fight was really intense. Like, I mean, we've seen, like, the Barry version, but, like, seeing the Jay version, because, in particular, because he's not, like, a regular character, there isn't sort of, like, that, um, that plot protection over Jay like there was for Barry. I mean, you know, are they really going to kill The Flash on a show called the flash although there are there is a kid flash so maybe who knows but uh i'm just saying like jay didn't have that sort of like plot protection at the moment in my opinion i was like oh my gosh they could they could really take him out right now but um i was uh very happy that they didn't but i was very worried for jay for a couple moments there Brittany, what did you think cg was much better Oh, you see, I was taken out of it. The reason I asked you first was because I think you were the one who commented on the CG last week. And I thought there were shots in there where it looked like they hadn't finished resing Jay's body as he was flying around. It just there were scenes that just looked so fake. Well, oh, no, yeah, they do that with flashes. And, well, they, they did that with Supergirl. So he did look a little cartoony at one point for me. I, I don't know if Charles agrees. I mean, he's like 60. What are they going to do? <laughs> Wow. Cartoons were a lot more primitive back in the day. Uh, Brittany, what did you think of the fight? I mean, I have to agree with my fellow co-hosts here. Um, I thought this was a really great fight to have at the beginning of the episode. Well, not beginning, but, you know, we're getting to the middle. Um, I thought it was great. I mean, we've been wanting... I mean, there are some people that are like, oh, there's too many speedsters. I don't like it. Cough, cough, Jeff. But I think it's cool when they kind of oh. team up with each other. But I also like the age difference because you got your rookies, you got your veterans, and then you have, like, somebody improving. So it's just, it's really cool to see them together and see what they can do, like, experience versus strength. You know, like, it's just a lot of that stuff. That, and that's why Jay's like, you know, go do this and I'll take care of Savitar, which was probably the worst decision he could ever make. But props to him for doing it. And uh, surviving at least, but he was injured for quite a while. So, but I really, I really am coming, uh, really liking Jay. I really think I would have been sad if he would have died, and that's because we haven't spent too much time with him. But I think I just like him a lot, and he's like channeling a little bit of Barry's dad because he is, you know, but not really. So, uh, that fight was great. Um, but I am kind of concerned that. Um, Barry, you know, he's already fought Savitar and been, like, manhandled. I'm surprised he didn't, you know, be like, Jay, I don't think you can do it. You can take it. I'll do it and you get the box or something. But no, he just let Jay get destroyed. <laughs> Good guy, Barry. Good guy, Barry. But, <laughs> <laughs> that's serious. Or well, Barry he's the star of the show. He can decide who dies. But, yeah, but he doesn't die. So it's okay if he can take a lot well, of Well, there you go. But I was going to say that um, I think uh it was still just it was just really great to see them team up but i mean this is showing us a lot of how scary savitar really is i mean jay's age doesn't help but it doesn't matter i guess the age in when he has experience so he could learn tricks or two like that's why we've seen like barry grow since season one now barry does some really interesting things with his powers because it's through experience use them um especially with teaming up with oliver and learning how to defeat Oliver or, you know, when they spar in him and Supergirl, like in the crossover, how when she was mind controlled, he was able to find ways to stop her, you know, or use her to his advantage. So 
I thought that Barry could have been like, you know what, I've already been through this and I survived. I'll do it, Jay, and then you do this, but no. <laughs> Barry's like, no, I don't think so. But it was fine. Great sequence of events, and Savitar is really scaring me. I don't know what this guy is. Obviously, I, I just... But I did mention that I thought he was a man, so we'll get into that later. So, But 10 points for me. Um, yeah, they do seem to be, you know, uh, using all the conflicts with Savitar to, you know, ratchet up just how scary he is. Not just his appearance, but, you know, his sort of casual disregard for the people he's fighting and uh, and the consequences. And I'm with Jeffrey. I was kind of seriously thinking, oh, I think they're going to kill uh, Jay at this point. Fortunately, they didn't. Yeah. So while uh, Jay is having his ass handed to him by Savitar, uh, Barry manages to uh, knock out Alchemy, unveil him as Julian in the least surprising unmasking in history, and uh, closing the Philosopher's Stone box, which conveniently makes Savitar go bye-bye. Um, then, of course, Julian is trapped in the pipeline. He claims to be innocent. And I thought it was interesting that even as he's pleading that he's innocent and, you know, they should let him out, he's still Julian. He's still a bit of a jerk. Uh did that, you know, that portrayal of him, you know, sort of being true to himself, being a jerk, even in that situation. Um, how did that uh, play with you guys? Charles, let's start with you. I, I thought it was interesting for his character. I, I didn't like his reveal when uh, the Flash knocked him out and took the mask off. But I thought that to sell it, to, for it to really come off as, oh, he's not really behind alchemy he's just a puppet I, I thought it was interesting that uh he still maintained his dickishness even behind a cell yeah and i thought that re sort of reinforced why i believed him when he said you know because he was denying it he was honest about it you know he's like that's crazy and you can't keep me locked up here so on and so forth it's because he was speaking the truth he he as far as he knew he wasn't alchemy he had no reason to suspect he was uh, Brittany, what did you think about that uh, initial scene between uh, the Flash and Julian in the pipeline? Oh, I thought um, it was great. I mean, this whole episode, I think it was kind of trying to tell us that we were going to get the reveal um, and how it was going to impact the entire team because it's been a mystery. And before, and it was the first mystery we had because Savitar wasn't even mentioned until like an episode or two ago. So it was great. And I love... I love that Julian's just an ass. Like that's just the way he is. But I'm guessing after what, after finding out his backstory, that could be the reason why he became such an ass. Or I don't know if I would really want that. I would rather have it that he's just an ass, but he's just nice to his sister. But either way, uh, I thought that was fine. Um, it it just led up to a lot of tension, like for me anyway, because I was just like, what what are they gonna do? How are they gonna do this? What's gonna happen? And um. I really wanted to fight for Julian because I like his character. I think he's funny and I love somebody who calls people out on their bullshit. And he was the first one to call Barry out on his bullshit in the first time in three seasons, especially when it came to his job. Um, so I just lo I love I love their dynamic. I just love it. So um, we'll get into it further later. But I, I absolutely like that little scene right there that we had. Jeffrey, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think the funniest part for me was uh, when he was in his cell, and then he was like, um, can I get my one phone call? 
I was like, that's not how justice works here. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. And and I agree with, with Charles. I love that he was still like a douchebag, like in the cell. And uh, he was like, oh, you know, you're just making me, you know, it's all you metas. You're just trying to use me as a scapegoat. Like, I'm innocent and all this kind of stuff. It was it was fun. Like, it was a, it was a nice moment. I was waiting for him to say, my father will hear about this. You know, like, I was just totally waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for the, the Harry Potter jokes, like, all season, and we finally got one. I've been was... waiting on him to call Barry Potter the entire <laughs> season. Or at least just go to make a joke. Something. Yes. Yeah, but, yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, Barry, of course, once again uses his superpower to unmask himself to everyone, uh, this time to Julian Yay! and Gesture of Trust. <laughs> And That's my works. favorite superpower of exactly. his. It's, it's, it's my favorite superpower for any superhero. I always love it when they reveal themselves, especially to their sworn enemies. But in this case, it works because, in return, Julian gives his backstory. Now, I want to start with you, Brittany. Did you find yourself warming to old Draco a bit more after finding out about his past? Oh, yeah. Of course I did. I mean, I was just... I had mixed feelings about him all season, but it like in, like either way, I still liked him more than I you know, disliked him. I liked how he, like I was saying, he calls out Barry on his shit. Um, and we just think he's a dick, but what he's saying is the truth. is just the way of how blunt he is that makes him seem like an asshole. But um, I really liked his backstory, and I think it was another nod to the Harry Potter series with his sister being named Emma. So we think Emma Watson, you know, Hermione Granger. So at least I did. I took it that way because just, that's just the way I am. But, um... That backstory was was fine. It didn't feel cheesy. It felt fine for him. And it also, I was really glad they explained the whole, like, the people died around him and he didn't want to get caught, so he ran. Um, But at that exact moment, something else was happening, which I'm not going to talk about, but I liked how they were mirroring what was going on. And it was barely coming to our minds as, like, the audience, like, oh, my God, this is what's happening. Oh, my God, what's going on, Cisco? You know, that type of thing. So... It was a great time for us to hear that story and to kind of figure out what the hell is going on. And I like this sort of mystery around Savitar and that he's not just some guy that came over here and that there's more to him. And that makes it a little bit more scary. And for me, it felt like uh, when I watched the movie The Mummy with uh, Brendan Fraser, I love those movies. They're great. But the third one, we don't talk about the third one, but I just like the sense of mystery. So that, that, that story was a little sad. I felt for Julian there. I wanted to give him a hug. And I feel like him and Barry are coming to a place where their bond is, is getting better. And I love it, even though he's a little dick sometimes. But, yeah. <laughs> and I kind of like the fact that, you know, even after the reveal, he was still kind of dickish. Yeah. You know, we, didn't, we didn't really get any change in his character until later. Uh, Jeffrey, what did you think about uh, the revelations of Julian's past? Did you find yourself warming to him? Yeah, a little bit. I, I really enjoyed the uh, opening scene where we saw sort of like a preview of uh, what's to come as far as his backstory. It was very Indiana Jones. I'm not going to lie. I was like, it's, it's you know, Julian Jones and the, the Temple of the Lost Avatar or something like that. And the hat yeah, I, I in particular it... made it feel like he was trying a bit too hard. Oh, well, it was, I don't know, I, I guess it was his fashion choice, but sure. Um, so when we saw it, and then we got a little bit more of, like, why he did it, it because he seemed, like, on a mission, and uh, in the 
flashback that we saw he was like you know i I haven't heard the voice i haven't heard the voice and like that kind of stuff so i was like okay there's there's a lot more to this and so as he started to explain what was happening and what had happened to him i was like okay this is starting to make sense and i'm like okay this is starting to make sense on something else that Brittany had mentioned and that uh, we will be discussing i guess in a moment or in, in a few moments but uh Overall, I thought it was uh, very revelatory, and it humanized him a little bit more. Which I didn't—I never necessarily didn't like him. Uh, I, he was sort of like you know a douche, but uh, you know it was nice that they sort of like made him a well-rounded douche. And Charles, what did you think? Um, it was kind of average to me. I mean, Julian has also not been a character. I didn't like i just thought he was a consequence of flashpoint but his uh backstory didn't wow me it just it was a well-deserved puzzle piece that we needed to understand his character a lot more and to understand the circumstances that were going on in central city okay uh and as i apparently can't control my co-host from jumping ahead to this next point as julian's talking uh specifically talking about how savitar reached out to him by impersonating uh, his dead sister. We understand why Cisco has been seeing his dead brother Ramon as Ramon Savitar persuades him to open the box. Were you at all surprised or disappointed in Cisco's decision? Uh, Jeffrey, let's start with you. I was. I was like, come on, Cisco. You really think your brother's going to come back from like a little box? Like, don't you see what's going on as far as like all the dangerous stuff with Savitar? Like, do you really think? Like, all of a sudden, things are going to be all fantastic if you open the box. I was like, no, please don't, Cisco, please don't. And so it, it was very disappointing. I get it, though. Like, he's still, it, you know, it, it's, it's still a fresh wound. And, like, all the stuff that's been happening with, uh, you know, the revelations of Flashpoint and Barry and all this kind of stuff sort of, like, keep on... Uh, making the wound feel fresh. So I, I get why he did it, but I also don't understand why he did it. Cause like he should know better. It's like out of everyone on that team, I feel like Caitlin and Cisco should know better than to mess with stuff that they really don't understand. And like he had done all this like sciencey stuff to the box and and that kind of thing. So you would think that he would know better, but at the end of the day, our emotions sort of take over our body and um and that kind of thing. And plus we really don't know how much of it was also a little bit of mind control as well because of uh like what we saw with um with Julian, like, a lot of it was mind control. Like, maybe in the beginning it was, you know, being sort of, like, lured in by uh, the quote-unquote ghost. You know, Savitar sort of, like, using uh, dead loved ones to communicate and, you know, make people do their his wishes. So, we, we don't know how much of it was Cisco, but, but still, like, seeing it, I was like, come on, man. Stop. But he didn't hear me. Yeah, you can shout at your TV all you want. It doesn't help. Uh, Charles, what did you think about Cisco's uh, decision? I thought it was horrible to choose Cisco to do that. I think out of everyone on Team Flash, it should have been Wally, considering he had previous dealings with 
alchemy in Savitar and that it, it was proven that their, I guess, telepathy worked on him already. For them to play off of Cisco's grief and have him be the one who opens Pandora's box, I thought it, it just didn't make sense to me because after just encountering Savitar and learning that this box is the key to destroying everyone's lives, I think he would have been the last one to make that decision. And Brittany, what did you think? Um, well, since I'm like the Cisco stan... I love Cisco, and I'll excuse him for everything he does. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, I thought it was I thought it was fine because they were hinting at this at the beginning of the episode with um, Cisco seeing his brother randomly at Star Labs, and it kind of freaked me out too because like, oh my god, I thought we were done with the whole. Ba- I thought it was gonna pertain to Barry and Cisco, even though they resolved that, and I was like. I hope they keep it that way and that, you know, it's already been like a month, I guess, you know, um, because it's already Christmas over there. So I was like, please don't revisit that. Please don't please don't try to tear them apart. But it makes sense. I mean, the wounds are still there. I think we were reminded this episode that this just happened. uh, I'm sorry, that Cisco's brother just passed away a couple months ago. It hasn't even been a year. So it's it's pretty heavy. The wound is there. And if you're seeing your dead brother somewhere and it's, he seems real to you, it's easy for him to convince you to open a very scary box. You know, what's in the box? You know, we don't want to know what's in the box, but we find out. And it's a good thing or maybe a bad thing that we found out what that box does. And I thought that, but I also thought Cisco redeemed himself with what he does after he opens it, which is he closes it again, but thanks to his and Caitlyn's um, friendship which I thought was really great. I love that they highlight that. I really enjoy Cisco and Caitlin's friendship a lot. And I'm glad that she was the one to break him out of it. Well, it is interesting that in the end, it was the power of friendship that saved the day because Caitlin broke through to Cisco in the same way that Cisco had you know, reached out to her when she was Killer Frost and she persuades mm-hmm. him to shut the box. Uh, so how did the rest of you feel about using that way to solve a problem that you know is usually solved either by punching people or running really fast? Jeffrey? Yeah, I thought it was appropriate. I mean, they they have a bond. I mean, they've been friends, it seems like, forever. So I think it was appropriate that Caitlyn was the one to sort of snap him out of it. I was worried that it was going to turn into like a power type of fight because it seemed as if he was ready to use his power so i'm like okay she's gonna have to take off that cuff and like start zapping him with icicles and that kind of thing (laughs) but it didn't turn into that it was much more of like an emotional plea and um i I thought it was appropriate and charles you hate everyone and everything uh how do you think about that resolution (laughs) he does i i this is the first episode of the flash i've hated give me a break (laughs) um I, I did like the fact that they changed it up where it was not just a punch the bad guy in the face move. It was more of a, I need you to trust me and believe that everything is okay type of move. It, it was nice to see the focus on Caitlyn and Cisco. Yeah, and it was a good moment of, of you know, continuing their character development and establishing, you know, the trust they have for each other. Um, and also it was, you know, kind of necessary to have a resolution that didn't involve running real fast or punching because, 
you know, Barry and Wally were getting creamed by Savitar, mm-hmm. who was, you know, walking towards him with the claws out, uh, you know, when the box yes. snapped shut. Wally so, was loving it, though. Yeah, I know. Which I thought was awesome. So Wally gets to go into action alongside Barry's. Now, it's not our first glimpse of Kid Flash in action. We had, you know, the Flash point version of him, and we got a brief glimpse of him during the crossover last week. But this is the first time we really get a sense of, you know, how Kid Flash is going to be played, what uh, Wally's personality is going to be. What did you guys think about our uh, our first slash second glimpse of Kid Flash? Jeffrey, let's start with you. Well, he's like the young green superhero. So, I mean, he's cocky. He's um, very energetic. Uh He's, I don't know, it was everything that I expected him to be and, and so much more. I mean, it was fun. Like, I like the character of Wally, so I, I thought he was fun. Like, he was like, hey, look at me. And I, I just thought, I thought he did a great job. Like, I was excited. I was like, in the beginning, when, like, everyone was, like, poo-pooing, like, his training and stuff. And, and then, like, he was, like, overly excited about it and then let it slip that he was training like, I was like, come on, dude. Like, they're never going to let you do anything. But then, uh, of course, you know, Cisco had to open the box. And so they needed another speedster. And uh, Jay was still, you know, recovering from his beatdown. And so, you know, might as well send the newbie in to get beat down too. But um, I-, I loved his excitement over it. Like, at the end, like, when Savitar, when the box closed and Savitar vanished, like, Barry was like, oh, my God, we nearly died. And I was like, that's so cool. You know, when you said send the newbie in, I thought you said send the newbie in. And I was thinking, that's a strangely racial thing to say in this context. But then I realized, oh, wait, no, I'm just <laughs> the phonemes arranged in a Who's the racist? Um, I'm not the one who used the term newbie in, which I don't think is particularly racist. But uh, oh, Charles, gosh. what did you think about uh, uh, Wally in action? Um, <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't think his fighting skills have improved at all. He's still either dying or getting close to death i mean he, he shined for a moment in the crossover which i liked i thought it was very well done in the crossover but this time i thought he was going to play you know keep away with the big giant metal speedster that only he and barry can see but instead he tried to tackle him which apparently is his go-to move and he got snatched right out of the right out of the air and for his reaction i did like that he was acting like he was having the time of his life but as a speedster for him to almost well to be faster than barry this far along the line i thought he was going to bring a little more to the table it might it might have been nice to see a little more you know impact of uh, hr's training which seems to consist of okay run really fast now run a little faster okay now dodge a little bit zigzag yes. uh, he said run while he run you're supposed to level up after that uh britney what do you think about kid flash in action I thought it was fine. I thought it was very Wally. I also expected him not to be amazing with only a month of training and going in and like fighting the God of Speed. I mean, I, I didn't expect him to like be like over nine thousand, you know, over here. Burp, 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 but they, they are trying. <laughs> they are trying to hint that that Wally could potentially be faster than Barry eventually. Because he's he's like surpassing all of Barry's records like like nothing in a short amount of time. So that's helpful for him, but he still needs training and experience to help boost him up to that level. And I'm wondering if this is gonna create any con well not conflict, but maybe 
some jealousy from Barry. You know, not that I want to see it, but I would think that'd be really cool to see that Wally is um, just, he's improving really, really fast, but that Barry will always have experience over him. But I like in this scene how Jay was just, he could not help. So Wally's like, I'm going to go in there. Whether It's ride or die. You know, you're not going to let your friend get beat up there, even if you don't know how to fight. So a very bro thing to do. It was fun watching them both get their asses kicked. Um, it was it was a it was a good time to be a speedster <laughs> against the god of speed. He's just again, Savitar is just proving that he's he's so scary, and I don't know it how we're gonna we're gonna get him. I don't know how we're gonna defeat him, you know. But then again, we have Barry, who's probably the best one to go up against him. Um, but I would have liked to see seen Jay Barry. And Wally against him, but Wally's inexperienced. Jay's old, so I feel like we need some—I <laughs> don't know—we need some other people to come and help here, man. Because oh damn. gosh, <laughs> we need Black Flash to help. Ooh. Send the newbie in. Thank you for enunciating clearly. Uh, so once uh, oh, they've managed to close the box and uh, you know dispatch Savitar somehow, Cisco hooks Julium up to a brainwave machine and they communicate with Savitar who insists he's a god if only because he's persuaded people he is one. He shows he knows about everyone in the room. Uh, maybe he's not omniscient but he sure knows everyone in there and that's very threatening when you think of someone who moves that fast and is that dangerous knows who you are, where you live, everything about you. And then he Like Santa! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like Santa's scary. scary! Well when you think about it Santa <laughs> would have to be almost that fast and no one else can see him. Oh my god. Santa Savitar. is Savitar. Oh, Santatar. No. Oh. Hmm. oh God! Wow, this, uh, this, uh, this boy, this puts a, a dark, dark uh, uh, glimpse uh, of the holidays. Yes, uh, gives anyway, a whole new meaning to ho, ho, ho. Uh, he predicts one of them will die, one of them will betray Barry, and one will suffer a fate worse than death. Any predictions as to uh, who's who, leaving out who's going to die? Well, can I can I just say? The exact wording, because Brittany and I had this whole discussion about this uh, late at night uh, last night over uh, cups of hot cocoa. Um, you mad with hedonists. I know, with the mini marshmallows and everything. <laughs> wow. But I wasn't they invited. I know, I apologize. Well, because you're a new bee. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. He said one will fall. That doesn't always necessarily mean death. Now, obviously, it, it probably does mean death. But when you're kind of cryptic with stuff, it, it could mean a lot of stuff. Because, like, he could have easily said, one will die. But he didn't. So I thought that was interesting. Although, more than likely, it does mean someone will die. But I thought it was fascinating, nonetheless. But um, I, I loved the predictions. Because I thought they were kind of awesome. I think Cisco will betray. I've been saying this for weeks. I feel like that uh, vibe from the future where Killer Frost is fighting Cisco is really for evil Cisco. Now, whether he does it of his own accord or he's mind controlled because we see Savitar can control your mind or possess you or that kind of thing, that will be left to be seen. But I feel like it will be Cisco because, and we can't kind of discuss it uh, because it happens. It, we haven't gotten there yet, but let's just say Barry does something that I feel like Cisco is the only person that can undo what he did. Because he can vibe to locations and maybe grab something. Not the way Donald Trump grabs things, if you know what I'm saying. 
but so Cisco will betray. So I feel like the person that will suffer a fate worse than death will be either Barry or Caitlin. And the death, uh, I have my own theory on the death, but you don't want us to discuss the death, right? Well, I mean, we can. We, I mentioned it in the summary. Iris is seen in the future dying at the hands of Savitar. There, we spoiled it all. Everyone, go ahead. Say what you want to say. Okay, I don't feel like it's Iris. I feel like, and we haven't gotten there yet, so I can't really do my theory, but uh, I apologize, Professor X. But Jay has this whole conversation about the future and how the future isn't set, and uh, the glimpse of the future that Barry saw... Uh, is basically just a glimpse because like any of any of his like little small actions right now like completely can change the future which uh, I like so I feel like it's going to be someone else my hope is that it's HR because like out of everybody he's kind of like at the bottom of the totem pole for me but I feel like and I'm scared to say this I feel like it could be someone like Joe, which I that don't would be an like. Interesting choice. Yeah, that I don't like because I I feel like Iris and Cisco and Caitlin are kind of they have plot protection, and Joe has a bit of the plot protection, but he's got a little bit less plot protection than those three. And I I kind of feel like Wally is like getting the plot protection as well. Because he's becoming Kid Flash. And, and I, I don't think that it would be Wally either. Especially, you, know, you just give him power and you're just going to kill him. Um, I think the most emotional resonance for like all the characters would be Joe. And I don't like that. So I hope it's HR. So Charles, what are your thoughts? Who do you think the predictions apply to? Um, I think the fate worse than death definitely is meant for Barry. I think in the foreseeable future in the final fight I, I think his, his final showdown with Savitar is going to be very different I don't think this is going to be oh I, I leveled up or someone told me to run faster and I'm going to win I think this is actually going to be the first fight that not just Barry but the entire Flash family actually might lose um, as far <sighs> as someone betraying hmm? I, I gasped <laughs> well so far no speedster has been able to catch to keep up with Savitar and the rest of the Flash family can't even see him. So I'm I'm skeptical that they're gonna play with the oh we beat the bad guy ending. I think this ending is gonna be the biggest cliffhanger the Flash has had. And Brittany, any thoughts about who the uh, predictions apply to? Oh wait, 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 Charles didn't say who's going to betray. I'm, I'm curious. Well, I wasn't going to put him on the spot. Oh, well, I want to answer it because you know I'm a professional at this. But fine, have it your way, Charles. Who's going to betray? Probably Caitlin. Oh, you're you just are a hater. She's a nice lady. She is not a nice lady. Where have you been? She was a pediatric ophthalmologist. Those people are monsters. Charles is a hater. That's why you love Evelyn over on Arrow. <laughs> I, I, I can't. Yes, he likes the betrayers. <laughs> and Brittany, who do you think the predictions apply to? Oh, man. Oh, this is really hard because we're barely at the midseason. And um, I do think that 
uh, I would like that little vision of Cisco versus Killer Frost to be what we're thinking, but because everyone is thinking that, I'm wondering if that was just like a red herring or something to throw us off when it really is what it is, which is Killer Frost versus Vibe. You know, like she is supposed to be under Savitar's army, which I think <sighs> they mentioned this episode, but I don't remember exactly when. But they talked about how how all the metas from Flashpoint are supposed to work for him and be under yeah. control. He uh, Alchemy said that when he was trying to uh, awaken them all uh, yeah. at, the, at the planetarium or whatever the hell that was. Exactly. So it seems as though the people that were most affected by Flashpoint are the ones that are going to work under him. So I could totally see even Wally being somebody to betray the Flash, but not willingly and he didn't he wasn't specific in his prophecy either of like what exactly is going to lead to the things that he was talking about but i could totally see that that it's not because they want to betray you but they're going to do this for some reason you know so i'm wondering like who's going to be who's going to be our judas i really am wondering that Brittany, you just made me think of something and i will say it when you're done i'm excited okay so there's that and i would really like the betrayer to be somebody we least expected so that would be really cool. And it was it's hard because he was talking to everybody in that room and there's like six or seven people in there. So it's just it's insane. And I'm wondering whose whose betrayal would hurt Barry the most. Um, and it would probably maybe be Iris, but I don't know what she could do Ooh. Um, to betray him. Honestly. She has sex with Savitar. Oh, God, no. Um, but I will say that involving the future and like what's going to happen. If there's anything I've specifically said while being on this podcast when it has to do with the future and knowing what the future is, we haven't really explored that in The Flash as far as the little newspaper that tells us that West Allen is going to happen and that Barry will be alive over there and that Oliver's going to be alive and stuff. We haven't really seen Barry go in the future. We've always seen him go in the past or to a different Earth and, you know, all this stuff. So now that we're playing with the idea of him going into the future and he shouldn't go, as Jay said... Or to ever go back there. I think it's going to be one of the simplest things ever. When involving time travel to the future. That what you see. Is either going to be destiny. Or a possibility. Or the third option. Which is everything you do. Is going to lead up to what you saw. Like Because it scares you so much. You're going to end up doing exactly what you're supposed to do. To make sure you get that future. Even though that's what you're trying to prevent. And I think we're going to do the third option. Where he's gonna... That's why they ended this episode a little bit nice, you know, a little Christmassy, a little them buying a house together, getting the lease together, but um, it's gonna be on Barry's mind. We know Barry. Barry does not leave this alone no matter who tells him what. And he's gonna be really cautious with Iris and it's probably gonna end up uh, biting him in the ass. I don't know if she'll die. I don't know if they'll do it, but hey. It would be actually... It'd, I feel like this is a consequence for Barry from Flashpoint. Like, yeah, he did all this stuff to his friends, but they were they always told him, you know, oh, well, you still have Iris. Well, what if this is what they were leading to as the biggest consequence of Flashpoint where he has no Iris West? Yeah, before we get to uh, Jeffrey jumping in, I think uh, one of the more interesting things, you know, it's, it's, you know, almost a throwaway is, you know, revealing that, you know, Barry has the power to travel to the future as well. 
And I suspect that because he discovers his power and then Jay immediately tells him you can't do that. It's like telling him you can't go into the past and change the past. What's the first thing Barry does? He goes into the past and changes the past. I'm absolutely certain later this uh, season, and maybe it'll be, you know, building for the uh, the season finale because it was, you know, uh, Barry fighting Savitar in the future uh, that led to the conflict and presumably led to the, you know, the red skies and, and all of that. So I'm wondering whether there may be, you know, planting a little seed now that will pay off in, you know, three or four months' time. Uh, but Jeffrey, you had something you wanted to say. That was really interesting, Professor X. Yes. So, remember the cryptic message from the future from Barry on Legends? What if the person that betrays the team is Barry himself? Because Barry specifically says, don't trust me. What if that wasn't necessarily fully about the Dominator stuff? What if that was him cryptically teasing that Barry's going to betray the team? It's an interesting, and what if, you know, all three, one will fall, uh, one will betray you, and one will have to live with a fate worse than death. They could all apply to Barry. There you go. And as you say, what if fall meant, you know, perhaps not uh, dying, but perhaps, you know, losing his speed or no longer being regarded as a hero, that would be a fall. Yeah, fall fall from power. Uh, You know, and then having to betray, do something to betray, which he'd probably do for what he thinks are the best possible reasons, but just does something stupid in the very way. And then having to live with the consequences of that would be, you know, the fate worse than death. I like it. And I, I like your idea of that maybe he might go to the future again. It would be interesting if every time he goes to the future, to that moment, the person changes. Uh, that that oh, sabotage. That could be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. In that sense of. Uh, I was I was thinking that um, if he is going to be going to the future, I know this is really dark, and I hope it doesn't happen because I think uh, we we finally found a really good place for Iris and Barry. I totally see him going to the future over and over again to save her but the results the same is in that she keeps dying and this could be like the first time we actually see Barry understand that it is a little bit of destiny that she is meant to die I could also see that happening you're a dark but lady I I know, it, sound, it sounds really dark but I feel kill like his the parents writers... kill the love of his life kill everybody <laughs> I mean isn't savage uh, we, we need it we need more information on like, is Savitar really um, the reason? Is Did Barry do something to really bring Savitar here? And he kind of did explain that, that, you know, you trapped me in here, and this is your fault, and I'm going to take everything from you. And usually when a villain says that to you, I would feel like taking the love of your life, uh, sorry, the love of your life is like the next step. Um, I hope he doesn't succeed. I hope they find a way to, to really pull out our heartstrings, but not too much. I don't think I could take too much death but i think it's also important to note that even future barry could not kill savitar he had to trap him somewhere so i don't even know what 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 the hell is gonna happen at all with that well i think the uh the suggestion made a few episodes ago that barry becomes savitar is still on the table because remember that you know barry was asking savitar when they were in contact with him well why don't you just kill us you have the power you can't can you so, you know, obviously he can't kill himself in the past. Um, and okay. uh, I don't know, could be uh, kind of interesting. See, I, um, thought, I thought the episode uh, kind of negated my theory, but I'm glad that you're keeping it alive. No, I think it's entirely possible. And again, if you get to the whole idea of, you know, one will fall and suffer a fate worse than death, Barry becoming Savitar, 
would fit that as well, wouldn't it? Ooh! Yeah. That reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean 3 with what happens with Will Turner. Spoiler alert, he has to take the heart of Davy Jones and can only set foot ashore like every 10 years. I feel like that's like a Savitar thing that he has to become Savitar. And, it, and when he does that, he can't be Barry Allen. Yeah, because like, cause we have seen that Savitar possesses. So Savitar maybe possesses Barry in the future for some reason. Who knows? Or Barry just, you know, perhaps that is his destiny. But yeah, I mean, unless you're going to get into like the, you know, the idea. I mean, if we accept the idea that Savitar was the first person to develop Speed Force, I mean, technically, Barry was on this earth the first person to develop Speed Force as far as we know. So maybe he travels Ooh. back in time as Savitar to give birth to Savitar legend. They they keep yeah they keep actually putting this thing where he cannot be on this earth unless that box is open. So I feel like their decision to, for what to do with the box actually does the opposite. Instead of making him lost in the Speed Force, I think they release him. In my opinion, so I feel like this is just it just got really really bad. <laughs> Well, I feel we're going into a dark place prior to the holidays, so uh, <laughs> let's uh, skip over Savitar killing uh, Iris again. Oh, gosh. Uh, Jay, after uh, Barry sees this, Jay pulls him back and tells him the future's not set. It's only a possibility, and you must never, never go back there, which almost inevitably means Barry's going back there. Uh, and Barry has to focus on living in the present, which is, what do you know, the title of the episode. So Barry and the team head off to Joe's for Christmas dinner, which, you know, uh, haters aside, uh, was you know a charming and delightful way to end the episode. Uh, yes, what was everyone's Charles. favorite moment of that final scene? We'll leave Charles to last because he's a Grinch. <laughs> that was my Jeffrey. Let's start with episode. you. That's what a Grinch would say. Yes, I loved the whole thing from drunk Wells shh, shh, shushing people uh, to Kate. You, you know the whole secret entity is coming out in five minutes with Wells. Come on, I know, right? Especially oh. when he's drunk. And um, I, I loved that, that Caitlin made it snow. Like, that was so cute. Like, she was, like, such a, a character from those, uh, uh, you know, classic claymation Christmas specials. It was fantastic. Oh it was because it was, it was cute. She's like, I'll make it snow for the people. You know, and uh, it might not be perfect, but, you know, let's have snow. And um, I, I loved the whole Kid Flash conversation. Like, that was fantastic. Like, they give him the the gift and then he's like are we really gonna call me kid flash and then it was like yeah basically so I, I thought it was beautifully done it was just so heartwarming and wonderful and christmasy and fa la 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 and and all that kind of stuff and Brittany, what did you think what was your favorite part of uh, christmas at the west's definitely drunk wells i i thought that he he was just cracking me up although i with that said, I don't mind him being the one to fall. <laughs> well, damn. Him. I like you drunk, but you could die. I feel like I still can't really trust him, but only because they haven't really given us um, scenes of him bonding with the team. Like, I, I miss Earth 2 Wells and Cisco. Like, that dynamic was great, but now they're incorporating him with Wally and, you know, a little bit with Joe. So they're working their way to make us care about him to where his death would mean something. Because if he died in this episode, I don't think a lot of people would care because we just have Earth 2 Wells and he can come back and then that means Jesse comes back. But either way, Drunk Wells was funny. I thought he, he was just hilarious. Um, and then the, the kiss for Joe, Joe finally getting some. Hashtag get Joe laid. 
Um, I'm so <laughs> glad. I think he needs some of that. And um, oh gosh, I love that the hashtag traveled over from the Star City. Yeah, the hashtag With, get Lance laid. Yes, the get Joe laid. So, and then the present for Wally was just really great because I everybody found out about what's going on here. And I think they made a lot of sense in that they don't want Wally to do anything because they're afraid he will die. But at least, as long as you help him train and get better, you won't be thinking in your mind like, oh man, maybe if I would have helped him, this could have been, you know. You just help him, be there for him, support him even if you don't like it. Because he's going to do it behind your back or with you knowing. So, I'm glad everyone warmed up to it, gave him the little suit. Um, it was just, It was just nice. But I will say... Because we've had so many nice moments at the West House, I was waiting for something to open. When they opened that door, for something bad to happen. <laughs> I'm already traumatized. I'm scarred from that house after what happened last season. But I'm I'm actually pleasant. I, I will say I'm happy nothing happened. I felt like this was well-deserved for our team. Yeah, I'm with you. I was kind of, because everything was going so well, when the doorbell yeah. rang, I thought, uh-oh. Yep. You know, oh, that, that whole thing of... It's the police, and then, and yeah, then that, Barry's like, "We're the police!" And like, "You're the police!" And, and, the door, and they rang the door twice, so I was like, "Oh God, it's the next one!" Oh God, but it was actually Christmas carolers, and I was like, "Oh my God!" And H, uh, I think HR says like the best thing ever, or well, I'm pretty sure it was something like he would. They're singing in the rain. That sucks, and I was just laughing yes. so freaking hard. That was great. And Charles, as a Christmas miracle, can you dig deep, deep in that darkened heart of yours and find some shred of light, some joy at the West Christmas get-together? I like that Wells made fun of the game. <laughs> I was hoping you'd just say, nope. <laughs> I, I have to agree with Brittany. My favorite part of that whole episode was when HR looks at the Carolyn and says, Caroling in the rain, that sucks. I, I did like the new apartment that... Uh, Barry got for Iris. I love that Caitlin made it snow using her powers for something good. I was actually waiting for Killer Frost to pop out and just destroy the entire house. No. Uh, <laughs> um, I thought it was funny that Joe's girlfriend and Joe's grandmother were alcoholics. I, I liked the Christmas feel in the end of the episode even if I didn't like what came before it. And ending on a rare positive note for the flash and uh as Brittany mentioned we're, we were all it was ending so happily everyone was just like wait wait what something terrible's gonna happen right uh things end for barry and iris moving in together now whether it's because Yay. barry's trying to appreciate the present more you know following up on uh, what he was told although i don't think even barry would have had enough time to find and rent an apartment i'm sure this has been in the works for some time uh or whether he was just tired of sleeping on cisco's couch he and iris have a new pad and will be moving in together but how will he pay for it? Well, conveniently, his old adversary, Julian, shows up at the door. Apparently, his heart grew three sizes that day, and he got Barry his job back. Sounds Before like we get to Barry and Allie and, and uh, Barry and Iris in their new home, what did you guys think about Julian's change of heart? Brittany, let's start with you. I think it actually made me think about one of his lies that he said um, earlier or a couple episodes ago that he had a girlfriend. So I'm wondering here, like... Did you not spend time with your girlfriend, or were you lying? So, so right. some of that makes me that makes me a little fishy about him again. That oh, maybe gosh. he does maybe he does know what's going on with alchemy, or maybe a, a portion of it, and he's forced to lie or something. I don't know, but that's just something that popped in my head. But I really like that that Caitlin had told him, you know, you should come, you shouldn't be alone on the holidays, and it's just a really nice, warm sentiment. They're gonna do it. 
I thought I I felt something because it kept it, it kept they kept showing Caitlyn being the one to reach out to him and then, he's gonna like, get that snow booty and her saying you know I'm really glad you're you're here and I'm like please no don't put Caitlyn with someone who's gonna die who's gonna be evil like I'm I, I think they've scarred Caitlyn enough with um love interest so I just thought. I thought it was nice that he came, and everybody knows him, and they're on better terms, and I feel like him and Barry are fine now, and it was a really big, um, big step for Jolene to come to his house, well, not, not anymore, but come to the house, and kind of apologize by giving him his job back, so, really nice resolution, and it felt, it felt very Christmassy, I liked it, not too much, just, just right. Charles, what did you think about, uh, Julian's change of heart? I thought it was interesting. I, I did wonder what happened to his girlfriend, just like Brittany. But I quickly realized that his girlfriend is locked up in the Speed Force. So I guess that... Ooh! Time. Um, the Shade. Julian is just hit or miss with me. I just can't really like or dislike his character. He's just kind of there. I kind of like that they had the resolution because I think, you know, you couldn't really have him out there as someone who was negatively disposed towards the Flash. Uh, and Barry, knowing his secret and, you know, working in the police department, I think, you know, he's he's a much more valuable character, even if he's not, you know, sunshine, lollipops, and, and hugs all around. Uh, although Caitlin might, you know, somewhat ironically, uh, you know, defrost him in that respect. Jeffrey, what did you think about uh, Julian's face turn? I liked it. I, I hope that he becomes an asset for the team as opposed to, you know, someone who is like all nice for Christmas, but then like when the new year rolls in, he's like, Ugh, you know, uh, Alan, and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully, he becomes uh, a productive member of uh, Team Flash. And uh, I wouldn't mind if Caitlin and uh, Julian snuggled up together. My my hope is sort of like what I've been hoping from out the gate, that uh, if he was alchemy, it, it wasn't of his own accord, and he ends up being sort of like a good guy, and it seems to be going in that direction. What would be interesting is what if Julian makes the ultimate sacrifice at the end, and maybe he's the one that dies? That, that could I blew everyone's work. minds. I love it. That could work. Um, hmm, interesting thought. Yes. Uh, or perhaps, yeah. No, I think there's there's certainly some possibilities. But I do like that they're you know incorporating them as a character because I think there's a lot they can do with that character. Uh, whether it's an auxiliary member of, of Flash team or, uh, or someone who's more actively involved. Uh, and finally, does ever, anyone have anything they want to say about the closing scene with uh, Barry and Iris in their new home? It was cute and romantical, and I liked it. I will say this was the first time I really felt the connection between Barry and Iris as a couple. Hater. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm against them because I don't doesn't. I mean, we know that they're going to be together, but it was just there's there's knowing that they're going to be together, and then there's get making sure your audience, you know, connects with that and really feels it, you know, genuine and it's there in the chemistry with the actor and the actress. So. When they were there and they were talking and being cute and stuff, I really felt for them. And that's when I was like, fuck, I don't want Iris to die. This, this, this really hit me in the feels. So that's Aww. why I said... That's oh, gosh, said, Brittany cried. <laughs> no, I didn't cry. Oh, okay. But Charles cried. I, I didn't. This, this is why I had mentioned earlier that I was a little sad that there was no cliffhanger. But at that moment, it felt like a cliffhanger. 
because I was reminded of what is to come or what we know. And that kind of, it felt a little bittersweet, even though it ended so sweetly. So in a sense, it did end per it did end really, really well. I mean, I might have changed my view a little bit, but yeah, that's how I felt. But good stuff for Barry and Iris. This is this is great for them. There's kind of an interesting. I can't say too much about it because you know I just realized there's an interesting parallel to if anyone's seen the uh, the recent movie Arrival, uh, which is about aliens landing on Earth, and there's a, a major plot twist towards the end of it. Uh, which somewhat mirrors uh, Barry's decision here. And when I was watching the movie, I, I was thinking to myself, why, why would this character decide to character chose to do? Uh, but Barry does something similar, and I think I understood it better from Barry. And for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, I can't say anything more. For anyone who has, think about it. Uh, do you guys want to chime in on Iris and Barry in their new home? Um, I think we all know what happens to Iris's boyfriends when they move in with her. You're a hater. We're, I mean, we're looking at a, a you know sample size of one. That you actually lit something up for me, Charles. Um, uh, y'all can right. go someplace else. Professor X and I will we stay here. <laughs> we <laughs> so mean. We haven't really, or they haven't really, you know, told us um, or let us think about who Savitar is. Like they haven't really made it seem like you know how they did last year with zoom which is fine they don't need to repeat the same thing but i'm wondering if savitar is somebody we might know if it's not barry but i was thinking maybe it could be eddie because of the things he was saying to barry was like well you took everything from me i could totally see him meaning that like he was better at his job and he took iris but it's a little small theory not i'm not gonna ride or die with it but i just thought of that right Ooh, i have two theories may i share them Professor X. No. Well, I was going to say any final thoughts on this episode and where we go from here for the rest of the season. So that would seem to be a great segue into. I have. A Sounds good. Episode. Although one isn't really a theory, but one is. Uh, it is sort of like a um, something that I noticed, and I mentioned this to Brittany, and Brittany didn't seem to care. So I'm going to see. I'm going to try to make both of you care because both of you seem to have a little bit more sensible heads. Um, we had like this major. Not well. I don't want to say major. We had like this plot point come to a conclusion on Legends of Tomorrow, and it wasn't even addressed on the Flash, and it wasn't even shown in the previously ons. So for anybody that did not watch the Legends of Tomorrow portion of the crossover, which could be a lot of people because it was not as highly rated as the Flash, they might not know that Cisco and Barry buried. The hatchet, basically, and and Cisco, sort of, I don't know what you would call it, forgave Barry or at least understood Barry, and there was no longer that animosity. So I was kind of disappointed that they that they didn't reference it, and or at least in the previously on, like they didn't include like a little clip to like catch up regular viewers. I don't know if anybody else cared about that as much as I did, but I I don't know, I cared for a moment. It didn't bother me. Um, I, you know, I, I agree. Yeah, you can sort of see how someone who only watched the one show and didn't watch the crossovers would be going exactly what the hell happened here. Um, yeah, I think you know, throwing in a little bit in the previously, uh, and possibly it's because the previously happened on another show and they didn't want to include something from another show on their previously. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there was that. Charles, do you care or are you like Brittany? Yeah. Okay. 
So moving on to my theory. Okay. So this is something that we've never really thought about, but I'm going to pose it this way. I don't know if the writers have thought of it this way, but if you think about it, this entire series started with a flashpoint. It was a reverse flashpoint because the reverse flash came back into the past, took over for Wells, wanted to make Barry faster, faster. So he advanced the timeline so we already started this series with a flashpoint, which I'm now calling the reverse flashpoint. When Barry goes to the to, into the past and changes everything, the reverse flash, uh, you know, uh, knew about the side effects of flashpoint because he had already gone through it. He was willing to accept them because it was uh, going to aid him in what he was trying to do. Savitar is making the same mistake. Because he's from the future, he's going back into the past to meddle with it. And he's meddling with a, a, a bunch of people who the Flashpoint has already affected. And like, I don't know if they're going to do anything with that. I don't know if they're going to come to that realization. I, I don't know if... Uh, the, the writers have created sort of like specific rules for flashpoint type of scenarios but I just thought that was interesting and I, I don't know if that's going to be something that they discuss in the future but Savitar is basically creating a, a Savitar point or something like that so even though he comes with all this knowledge of the future like the way he thinks of it might not necessarily be how it's going to play out because his own actions is going to affect what happens so that's my first sort of theory which which y'all can discuss if you want my second point is although i feel like what savitar is discussing is something that happens in the future I just found it interesting that uh, Savitar has this whole thing of like, oh, in the future, you're the one who trapped me and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, Barry traps Savitar in the Speed Force. So I, I thought that was interesting. I don't think he necessarily was talking about that. But it's just odd or a coincidence that all of a sudden he gets trapped again. And, uh, and now that we can sort of discuss it, I feel like it, it has to be Cisco that brings him back because Cisco can vibe wherever and, and grab stuff and all that kind of thing. So I feel like Cisco will be the one that betrays because he can he can vibe Savitar and bring him back for some reason. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, talk amongst yourselves. Charles and Brittany, any reactions or uh, thoughts and predictions of your own? That was actually really interesting, especially uh, bringing in the reverse flash, because you are right. The show started on a reverse flash point. That, that is a connection I have never made ever. That makes me wonder about the entire season now, considering when uh, Barry first went to the past and created his flashpoint and how uh, Eobard called him the new villain, which goes again to connect to him maybe becoming Savitar. That's very interesting. I have nothing to add to Did you love it, Brittany? That was all great. You don't agree? I thought it was, I no 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 I thought it was fine. Oh okay. <laughs> I, I that, that that that's like I don't know. It's a lot. But we'll see what happens. But it's actually like plausible. I could totally see this this show's a little unpredictable in how like time works. 
or how we think it does or because of what we've seen we apply that to this and maybe things are a little bit different now because it's our flash's flashpoint and that's why i was i was trying to put emphasis on iris's death being not necessary but a really good plot point for barry because in a way barry didn't really suffer from flashpoint everyone else around him did so this could be like his like fall yeah i hope it doesn't happen so, but but oh me either i hope but watching either, tv but it's a really great point for him in that he needs to really learn not to fuck with time and if we were all guessing that he's gonna go forward in time to stop it Barry has not learned his yeah, lesson. Yeah, I agree. But seeing TV this season, like if they killed Iris, I would not be surprised just because over on a very different show on a very different network called How to Get Away with Murder, they basically killed their male lead. So this seems... To be fair, the, the hint was there. It, it, well, there you go. But So I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they killed Iris just because it seems as if writers are willing to go there nowadays much more than before. Like, in, you know, back in the day, it was, you know, impossible to believe that the main character's love interest would die all of a sudden. But, I mean, I could see it happening. I hope it doesn't just because... If it, it, yeah. I think that would be very dark for Barry, and uh, he needs a, l well, a little bit of hope, although I am already killing Joe, so it's not like that helps. But Well, well that's what I was saying. I was like, don't fuck with the, with the, with the timeline, Barry. They've been telling you forever, but if not Iris and, and Joe, Joe is actually a really great person. Not to lose, because I love Joe. I love Joe. But it would both affect Wally and Iris, and it would cause a lot of angst between iris and barry which i'm pretty sure we're gonna get we're probably gonna get a lot of that and honestly we could probably get wally shutting off but not becoming emo like maybe this could push him to go and join uh legends perhaps oh okay i thought you were gonna say evil kid flash no 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 no. i don't think he'll go down a dark path but it would push him to leave central city in what perfect way other than to go on a spaceship well, there you go and go yes. do good Okay, it's en enough with these rampant speculations. It's time for some hard, solid facts in the form of spoilers. Yes, it's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of The Flash. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Check out our official Facebook Live page by visiting facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. Let's start off with ratings. Ratings are interesting. you got to remember that we're coming off of a major crossover event. So The Flash was viewed by 3.1 million total viewers with a 1.2 in the demo. It did slow down a bit, 25 and 20% from the crossover episode but of course it's kind of expected it's a huge crossover event speaking of the huge crossover event the cw experienced its largest weekly audience since december 2010 yes the uh, major crossover event the Fortnite, although it really was like a three episode crossover event um you know brought the CW its largest weekly audience since December 2010.
10. The conclusion of Heroes vs. Aliens, the crossover, gave DC's Legends of Tomorrow its most watched episode ever and highest rated episode ever in adults 18 to 34. The Flash raced to its largest audience in two years. Arrow hit its most watched and highest rated episode in a year. And Supergirl reached season highs. So I'm sure, um, I believe his name is Mark Pedowitz, the owner of uh, the CW, is probably, probably jumped out of his bed uh, when uh, they gave uh, Supergirl uh, the, the breach opener, because he's like, yes, she can come over anytime she wants. More crossovers! And all that kind of stuff. So although they seem to be very happy about the crossover event, they're aren't any plans yet for like a four series crossover but we do know that in the spring at some point supergirl and flash will be teaming up for a musical crossover event spectacular so stay tuned for that now i mentioned legends of tomorrow and talking about ratings uh over on the legends of tomorrow side of things but focusing on the flash um there was a small scene that was released uh, that was cut from the episode. A lot of the West Allen shippers seemed to have a bit of a problem that Iris was not in the Legends of Tomorrow crossover, and Barry was making sort of like a life-or-death um, decision, and uh, he didn't include his boothang. So a uh, small snippet of a cutscene was released, a little script, and he, I will read it for you. It says page 37, or I'm assuming that's the page number, and uh, interior hall of justice, training area, and our heroes assembled. Oliver, geared down. Diggle, geared down. Felicity, Rory, Nate, suit, helmet off. Vixen, Palmer, undersuit. Supergirl, Cisco. Barry, cowl down, addressing the gathering. Barry, it's not even a close call. I turn myself over. The Dominators leave the rest of the world alone. Simple. He looks to Felicity. Barry continued. Tell Iris, I'm sorry, I didn't say goodbye. Tell her I love her. Felicity, fine. But just because I'm agreeing to do it doesn't mean I don't think this sucks. Diggle, yeah, no matter what you've done, Barry, you shouldn't do this. So there you go. So in the script, he did address Iris. And um, so there, I guess. Yes? No? Yay? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. And I did like that in the episode, they at least addressed the, the crossover. I hope that they do something similar to that over on Arrow. You know, at least, you know, oh, you know, we were aliens, that kind of stuff. All right, so is everybody, like, sitting down? Because I have some news that's going <laughs> to... That's going to that's gonna freak you out. You're supposed to wait for me to say freak you out. Now do it again, Brittany. There you go. It's going to freak you out. It's going to excite you. <laughs> This might be the most awesomest thing you've heard yet. Professor X, I think you're even going to be wowed by this. Okay. We so, we have an on-set report. This is via comicbookmovie.com. And uh, this on-set report is for one of the latest episodes that was filmed. It was filmed... The filming was last week. We don't know what episode number... 
We don't know the episode title, but I'm going to tell you exactly what the article says. So this is directly from uh, comicbookmovie.com. A new batch of photos from the set of The Flash reveal some unexpected team-ups, the return of familiar faces, and a battle which promises to be possibly the most epic fight the show has ever delivered. Dramatic pause. The Flash may be going on hiatus for the winter, but there's still a lot happening on the Vancouver set of the CW series. Apparently, via the photos, you can see Earth 2's Jesse Quick has returned in order to help out the Scarlet Speedster and a now, as we saw via the, um, the finale, a now fully suited up Wally West as Kid Flash. Who are they facing? Well, they've been joined by Vibe, and fans nearby have claimed the threat was... Savitar and... Grodd. Ooh, they did hit at Gorilla uh, or Grod City. Ap- apparently, season. the former, who was recently identified as the God of Speed, could be heard saying, "I challenge you, Grod." Hmm. Now, as the article says, it's impossible to guess how events have led to that. But a mysteriously suited up woman was also spotted alongside what looks like another speedster. Now, who is this other speedster? This other speedster is male. And uh, via the costume and internet analysis, it appears to be the accelerated man who is Earth 19, aka HR's Earth, is uh, Flash. So this is Earth 19's Flash. Which is interesting. Hmm. So there's this mysterious... What is that like? Oh, sorry. I was going to say there's like five speeds. Apparently, uh, okay. yeah. Wally, Jesse Quick, Barry. Uh, Wally, Jesse Quick, Barry. Um, this new one. We don't know who this mysterious woman is, but if, if she's a speedster, that okay. might be interesting as well. So I, we're just going to have to wait and see. Well, it looks like it's going to be a huge battle with a lot of different heroes and villains thrown into the mix. And... Uh, yeah, so the accelerated man kind of looks a little goofy. Um, for those who have never seen what he looks like, uh, he looks kind of weird. But kind of out of that Watchmen. Well, yeah, I mean from H- from HR's Earth, I mean he's not like HR. The most normal person. Normal, yes. <laughs> so what do we think of this? Savitar, Gorilla Grodd, other speedsters, a mysterious woman. This is interesting because it's not, It this seems like a finale thing. It does. I was just talking about how I would, um, I would like to see more speedsters and, you know, more coordinated and experienced speedsters get together to defeat Savitar or somehow help Barry, you know, defeat him. So this feels interesting that I'm pretty sure they're, they're like filming probably episode maybe 13 or 14 right now. So it's pretty interesting yeah. I, I really want to see where we're going and there was a tease that we would get more gorilla grod this season and more specifically that we would go to the place that we sent him last yes season. i remember that as well yeah the finale so, wouldn't be filmed until well, like february 
March ish. Yeah. So this is certainly maybe a a test run at taking him down because uh, uh who was it was it charles that said that we might have to collect speedsters and, and make a, a team to fight him him being savitar what if they brought what if they aren't i'm trying to think because you could go different routes with just the the, the minute information that we have because savitar is fighting grod is it that grod arrives and is ruining savitar's plan and so like they unfortunately have to team up with savitar to take down grod or did they bring grod in as well as these other speedsters and the mysterious woman to do a dry run at trying to take down savitar is grod on the flashes side of things professor x that would be my interpretation. Uh, I think it would make sense. Like if you're, you know, it seems that, you know, they're they're trying to recruit, you know, uh, all the speedsters they can get to go up against Savitar. But if you think about, you know, Savitar is someone who can only be seen by people who have contact with the speed force, or at least so we think. Um, oh, Grod you know, is and, now a you know, speedster. In... <laughs> well, no, I was thinking more that, you know, because Grod has psychic powers, perhaps, you know, and I think so far Grod's pretty much the only psychic character that's still out there and active uh, and was banished to, you know, um, uh, Jesse's Earth, where they had a gorilla city. So, you know, perhaps, you know, they get her to bring him over and are perhaps using that. But I don't know. It's it's interesting. But then again, you know, they could all, you know, we're talking about CG characters and stuff like that. It's not like anyone actually saw Grodd there on the street of Vancouver uh, or indeed Savitar. So they could have been throwing in, you know, lines of dialogue to throw people off and then they would just replace them. Uh, in Maybe, but still, Savitar and Grodd, that sounds amazing and exciting and super awesome. Indeed. Speaking of super, uh, although this is slightly related to The Flash, so I will include it here, and particularly because the National City Tribune is on hiatus, will we ever meet Earth-1 Kara Danvers? So, this question has been asked, especially after the massive crossover, and um, there is sort of an answer. Over on EntertainmentWeekly.com, they posed uh, the question. So, uh, it, the article says, while viewers previously knew that Kara hailed from a different universe, Earth-38 to be exact, is it hasn't been, been made clear whether a version of Melissa Benoist's Supergirl character resides on Earth-1. The chances that Krypton would be destroyed in this universe and a pod housing Kara Zor-El landing on Earth-1, where she'd then be taken in by the Danvers family, seems rather slim. However, the powers that be behind the Berlantiverse haven't ruled out introducing Power Girl. In the comics, Power Girl, a.k.a. Kara Zor-El... But not E-L, it's just the letter L, is the cousin of Superman, but from an alternate universe, specifically, bum ba da dum Earth 2. And uh, this is what Andrew Kreisberg, executive producer, says. We hadn't discussed introducing Power Girl formally, but I think that certainly after these three episodes, there's literally no amount to the things that we can do. So, while it's not confirmation or anything, it's interesting that this crossover event is getting people thinking of ways that they can bring in a, a different Melissa Benoist character. 
onto the series. So that's interesting. The reason I brought it up is because we've experienced Earth 2 on the Flash. So I would assume that we would see, unless, well, now that uh, Kara has the the Breacher, she can technically go to Earth 2 now as well and meet her doppelganger. Indeed. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that's all that I have for you. That's all, those are all the spoilers that I have for you. Uh, just a reminder to the listeners, uh, the 10th episode of uh, The Flash's current season is scheduled to air on January 24th. So the series will be going on a month-ish uh, uh, hiatus for the holidays. But anyway, on that bombshell, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Central City Chronicle. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for the Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, thecentralcitychronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe dot com slash poppy chula radio are you interested in joining the poppy chula radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor email talent at poppy thanks announcer co-hosts wish the listeners a good night and a happy holiday good night everyone good night everyone happy holidays eat a lot stay warm if it's cold over there have a good night, listeners. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, enjoy the new year. You will survive the hiatus. We will survive the hiatus. It's not that long. We'll be back soon. Thanks for tuning in. We return with new episodes of the Central City Chronicle in January 2017. Good night and happy holidays. And remember, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Savitar is coming to town. No! Hey, don't mind me, but you care. Just you and all the water.